We now begin the seventh parak of Masecha Sota. This is Perak Zayin, Mishnah Aleph 7-1. And the truth is that we are about to depart from the topic of the suspected adulteress, the Sota, and uh, move on to other topics. Uh, but the Mishnah here, which is the the nexus, the last talk of Sota, says, Eilun The following different uh, halachic activities, if you will, um, can be said in any language, meaning... They don't need to be in Hebrew, even though the Torah specifies that it should be done in Hebrew, uh, because the Torah is written in Hebrew. It doesn't mean that the script the Torah provides must be said in those Hebrew words. And that's uh, unique to certain topics, the ones we listed here in our Mishnah. The first is Parshas Sota, the topic of the Sota. What we mean here is that when the Kohen adjures the suspected woman, saying she has to swear and accept the curse of the these bitter waters if she's guilty. So, and then she says, Amen, Amen, she agrees to that. So, it's understood that she must understand what it is she's swearing about, and therefore it should be said to her in the local language, a language she understands, uh, if she doesn't understand Hebrew. And that's the din. Um, that's learned out from a Pasuk. It's actually quite fascinating. There seems to be a different girsaos in the Gemara, regarding what the Pasuk is. The Bartonara learns like Rashi, whose girsa seems to be the Pasuk, which, which says, Va'amar el ha'isha, and since it's clear from the context that it's the Kohen talking to the woman, why did it say el ha'isha to the woman? To teach you, it has to be told to the woman in a con, in a language that she can understand. That's um, Rashi's version of the Gemara. The version we have in front of us says that it's really el ha'isha, a different Pasuk, uh, excuse me, La Isha, Ba'amar HaKohen La Isha, and that uh, extra La Isha, again, same kind of idea, teaches us it has to be a language she understands. At all events, it must be clear that although the words that they say to her, to which she responds, Amen, Amen, can mean whatever language she understands, the writing of the Megillah itself, the writing down of those verses on that, you know, scroll from Kosher Animals Hide, uh, must be done in Lashna Kodesh, the exact words of the Psukim, which are then erased into the water. The next item on the list, and really that now we've left Sota behind, and we're discussing other topics. Vidui Meiser. Vidui Meiser is a declaration that happens um, in the fourth and seventh year of the Shemitah cycle at the Pesach time, when one is obligated to have settled the score regarding all the various tithes he's supposed to be giving, Truma to the Kohen, and Meiser to Levi, and Meiser Ani to the poor people, etc., Meiser um, Shani to have been eaten in Jerusalem or redeemed onto a coin. So he has to make sure everything is um, settled up. There's like a deadline. And that deadline happens twice every seven years. And then at the conclusion of that, at the end of Pesach, he makes a declaration. And that declaration, it's found in Devarim, Perk Chavav, starting from Pasuk Yud Gimel. The person declares, Biarti Kodesh Min Habayis, I've gotten all the sanctified foods from my house, Vagam Nasati Lelevi, Vilager Vilyasom, Vilamana. I gave what I was supposed to give to the levy and to the convert, the orphan, the widow. Kechol mitzvascha, asher tzivisani, like you commanded me. Lo varti mitzvasecha v'lo shechachti. I didn't uh, transgress anything, I didn't forget. And it goes on. At the end, um, the reason why he says this declaration is because there's a request that one makes, sort of for reciprocity. He says, just as I did everything you asked me to do, so now... The parsha ends. I'm skipping some words, but it's fine. Um, a person says, "Hashkif mon kodshecha, 
Hashem, please look out from your holy abode, Mina Shamayim in heaven. Uvarech es Amcha es Yisrael ve'es ha'adama shenasatzalanu. Bless your people Israel and the land you gave us. Kasher nishbata la'avoseinu eretz zabas chalavudvash. Like you promised to give us a land flowing of milk and honey. So that, those few verses that uh, the Torah prescribes, Sounds like the must be said in Hebrew, but the truth is, it's learned out um, a Gezer Shava from the Marta back to the Sota, that those verses of the Vidu Meiser can be said in whatever language the person locally speaks, and he understands. The next is Kriyashma. The Torah requires us to recite Kriyashma morning and night. There are actually uh, no fewer than five different shitas. What is the obligation exactly, and which Sections are required to be said uh, morning and night. Conventional halacha assumes that it's the first two paragraphs that are doraisa. Whatever the case is, the, we understood that we're supposed to recite these words of Shema. Does it have to be in the original Lashna Kodesh, the Hebrew text from the Torah? So the Mishnah here is telling you, no, it doesn't. Um, it's learned out from the fact um, that it says Shema Yisrael, which translates as, I guess, listen Israel, but the word Shema means to understand. And therefore, it's whatever language a person understands. And therefore, a person could recite Shema whatever language he does understand. Um, and he'll be Yotzi. Interestingly, he could also be Yotzi by saying it in Hebrew. Uh, and then even if he doesn't understand what he's saying exactly, he still could fulfill his obligation, provided that he understands that first verse of Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Achad, that he must understand um, to Yotzi is to fulfill his obligation. Um, and he can't say it in Hebrew if he doesn't understand what he means. Next you have Usfila, Tefila. This is always referring to Shmona Esrei when it comes to the Mishnayas. So the Amida, the Shmona Esrei, can be said whenever language a person speaks, um, not just in Hebrew, notwithstanding the fact that the ideal is Hebrew because the Anshe uh, Knesset Sagadola, the men of the Great Assembly, of whom there were some members that were prophets, established the exact formula of the, the Shmona Esrei, and it has um, tremendous spiritual potency and secrets there. But if a person prays whatever language he understands, that's acceptable in as much as prayer is a request for mercy and therefore it's uh, establishing a relationship which can be done in whatever language a person understands. That's not verse, based on a verse, but based on a svara and basic logic. Nevertheless, the Gemara says that um, that applies when you're talking about tefillah b'tzibor, if one's praying is part of a minion, since the koach of the tzibur, the power of the community praying together in and of itself, sort of guarantees safe delivery of the prayers to Hashem, if you will. Therefore, any language is acceptable. When a person prays privately, so the Gemara says that the he needs the angels to help his prayers get up to heaven, and the angels aren't interested in Aramaic. Now, the way that it seems the Bartanur learns, and others, is that Aramaic, even though it's close to Hebrew, they don't listen to, and all the more so, other languages like English or French, whatever the story is, they're not going to listen to. And therefore, as a yachid, as a private person, you better pray in Hebrew because your English or French um, won't be taken up by the angels who are necessary to bring this up there, just like they won't listen to, to Aramaic. There are others who learn that it's specifically Aramaic against which the angels have some sort of objection. And therefore, other languages like you know, your English or French uh, also can work in Lushan, in Bihidas um, if you're praying by yourself. Okay, next is Birkas Hamazon. So, Birkas Hamazon, the grace after meals, that is a derisive obligation. You'll eat, be satisfied, and bless, 
That's Hashem Elokecha, and therefore it's logical that if you're expressing gratitude to Hashem for eating and providing with the food, um, that it should be in a language you understand. Therefore, one could bench again in whatever language he understands in translation. In all these cases, Shema, Tefillah, and Birchas Amazon, while one can say it in English, same as with other like Brachas Roshonos and Halal, um, it's certainly preferable to say it in the Hebrew if you understand it. Um, but if not, then, then uh, say it in English and le- learn what the Hebrew words mean. Now, the last two cases here are a little different. We're talking about um, different types of oaths, Shvuas Ha'edus and Shvuas Ha'pikadon. And the idea is that um, don't think that the oath has to be said in Hebrew to obligate you um, in the event that you were lying. Uh, it, no, even if you swore in a language understood and it was, let's say, English, another language, so then you're obligated for the consequence of having not told the truth. So the, there are two different cases here. Shvuas Ha'edus literally means an oath regarding testimony, is where a person, let's say is called Reuven, Reuven has, knows facts that could help Shimon win his court case, some sort of like monetary court case, um, and therefore Shimon says, Reuven, please testify on my behalf, and Reuven denies knowing the facts. He says, I don't know what you're talking about, I don't know the facts, I wasn't there, and he denies it. And Shimon, of course, can only do so much to get Reuven to testify, and if Reuven insists he doesn't have any technica- information regarding the relevant testimony, so Shimon can adjure Reuven, he can force Reuven to take a shvua to swear he doesn't know the facts. So if Reuven takes such an oath, that's called the shvua Edus, uh, regardless of whether it's in Hebrew or in English, if after the fact, you know, Shimon loses his case, he's lost money, and then Reuven feels terrible, so he admits that he lied under oath and really he did know the facts. So that case happens. So now um, there's consequences for Reuven, which is he has to bring a, a Corbin Olaviyored, this variable sin offering, which depends on like what he can afford. It'll be an animal if he is richer. It will be um, like uh, birds if he's poor or even just, just um, meal, just wheat, flour if he's that poor. Whatever the case is, the point is that he's liable to bring this Olaviyored even if he swore, not in Hebrew, but in whatever language he understood. That's um, also learned out um, from the Pasuk, because it says, V'nefesh ki sechate v'sham'ah kol Allah. And um, the sham'ah that he that he heard um, tells he has to understand whatever language he understands, even uh, English, whatever the story is. And the final case is Shvuasa Pikadon. Now, literally, the word Shvuasa Pikadon means an oath regarding a uh, a deposit. But the truth is, it's nothing to do with the deposit per se. Any time that Reuven and Shimon are arguing over, let's say Reuven says Shimon owes him money, so and Shimon denies owing him money. So it could be because he Reuven says you have my bike that I let you, I asked you to watch for me. And now. You know, Shimon's denying he has the bike, or whatever the story is. But it would be equally true that, that this case, if what happens is that, um, you know, Reuven says he lent him money, or that uh, that Shimon stole money from him, or that Reuven did work for him, and now Shimon's withholding payment, or we're refusing to pay him. In all those cases, um, so if we don't know the fact, the most that Reuven can do is force Shimon to swear that he doesn't owe the money. And um, that's called the Shvuas Picadon. By that generic term. So again, the shvua, the oath can be taken in any language, not just Hebrew. And then if it turns out that Shimon later on says, you know, I was lying, I really do owe the money. So then the consequences are um, that Shimon has to give what he owes. He has to add an extra chomesh, which is essentially 25% 
penalty. Um, plus, he brings a, a special korban, a kind of asham, that's like a guilt offering. Now, the point is that even if Shimon swore not in Hebrew, but in some other language he understood, that's fine. He has to swear in a language he does understand. He's required to understand the, the oath. Um, like the Sota, so when it comes to the Shavuos Eidos, near the Shavuos Pikadon, whatever language it is, that will, if it turns out to have been a lie and he admits it, then it'll obligate him in the consequences of the consequences as I described them before.